0: In today's gospel lesson, Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. It's a beloved story, and countless hospitals and churches are named for the compassionate traveler who took care of the stranger. It's a teaching story that challenges our assumptions about people and helps us to see that when the chips are down, what matters most is our compassion. And it's a story that's appropriate for all time but especially appropriate for this particular time. This has been an astonishing week in our nation. We've seen news reports of violence and mayhem that are both chilling and very worrisome. We've seen families torn and children exposed to scarring incidents. We've seen a new way of news being shared on social media that makes many of us witnesses to violence we could not have imagined. And issues of a racial divide have come to the forefront of our attention. Much as we as a people have made progress from our history of slavery and its aftermath, we find we still have a long way to go. The story of the Good Samaritan is a story that some of us have experienced in our own lives. Let me tell you mine. Many years ago, I began seminary in New York City. My school was Union Theological Seminary, next to Columbia and Barnard on the Upper West Side. Our neighborhood was on the edge of Harlem, and we'd been told to be careful when taking the subway because if we took the wrong one, we could end up in a dangerous part of town. It was a cold winter in 1973, and I'd caught a flu, so I'd taken a subway downtown to see a doctor. I had on a new coat, but it was thin, and the wind coming off the Hudson River was freezing. I was cold and sick, and it was getting dark, And I thought I had caught the train to go back to 125th and Broadway, but I had not. When I got off at 125th Street expecting to see a station full of university students, I knew I'd made a mistake. I was the only Caucasian person there. There were several groups of men in the shadows, and I was the only woman other than the lady in the cage-like ticket booth. I went over and asked her if I were to go upstairs, could I catch a bus or taxi to my intended stop. She said that if she were me, she would not go up those stairs. She made it clear that it was dangerous. Rather, she said I should take the next train to the end of the line and then get on the right one coming back. Suddenly, I was scared. No one knew where I was, and I just wanted to get home. I put my head down and I could feel tears welling up. Then from the corner of my eye, I had a sense of movement and realized that some of the men were gathering around me. Then one spoke. What's the matter? He asked kindly. I swallowed and said, I'm scared. I took the wrong train. You don't have nothing to fear now, another said. We'll take care of you. And to my astonishment, they did. They talked to calm my fears, and one even rode with me to the end of the line and then back to my stop. I was ashamed to tell them that I had initially been afraid of them. In the gospel story, the man who had been wrongfully attacked, beaten, and robbed expected the priest and the Levite to help him because they represented the official religious tradition and were believed to be moral leaders. But both had crossed to the other side of the road and passed by him. He did not expect the Samaritan to help him because the Jews and the Samaritans were in constant conflict and the Samaritans were disparaged and disdained. They were a mixed people, descended in part from the Assyrians, and while they worshipped the God of Judaism, They did so in their own way, and the Jews did not respect them or want to associate with them. They were like any group in a society that are not always accorded full personhood by the dominant social group. So they could be seen as similar to African Americans or Latinos or Muslims or other minorities in parts of our culture, or like the descendants of the Samaritans, who are the Palestinians in the Holy Land today. The Samaritan went out of his way to help the unfortunate stranger and then went above and beyond what one would expect. He treated the stranger as a beloved friend or family member, covering his medical expenses and planning to return to check up on him after a few days. Try to imagine yourself In that situation, and think about what you would do. Would you behave as a Samaritan did? Most people would not. They would cross the street as the priest and Levite did. And they would not be condemned because of the many reasons people do not help. Perhaps the man was not really hurt and was actually a ploy for thieves. Or maybe he was concealing a weapon. Or maybe he had a dreadful and contagious disease. Or maybe he was insane and would hound and harass any benefactor for years to come. Or perhaps he would claim that any helper caused an injury and his lawyers would sue the family for all they had. Or maybe he had milked social services for years and was malingering. The list is endless and goes on and on There are many reasons not to help, and almost everyone would understand not helping. And in fact, some of those reasons could be true. There is really only one reason to help. It is because it is compassionate and merciful and shows the suffering person as a friend or a neighbor. And Jesus says to do it. As we listen to our lesson today and think about the events of the last few days, all of us must take time to pray and discern what we can do to help. In a sense, our nation, our collective being is like the wounded individual by the side of the road and all of us have an opportunity to help. There's probably not going to be a quick solution But each of us can play our part. And healing can come if we pray and work together. The following words may help when you're not sure what to do next. Some have attributed them to Mother Teresa. People are unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish, ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you're successful, you'll win false friends and true enemies. Succeed anyway. The good you do will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness make you vulnerable. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building may be destroyed overnight. Build anyway. Some people really need help but may attack you if you help them. Help them anyway. Give the world you bet the best you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you've got anyway. Our gospel story began with a religious scholar asking Jesus a question. The scholar knew the answers. He knew he was, what he was supposed to do. He knew he was to love God and to love his neighbor, but he wanted to know the definition of a neighbor and the extent of the love required. Jesus told him with the story of the Good Samaritan, and then Jesus challenged him to act on that love. Go and do likewise, he said. Shall we do otherwise? Amen.